the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to today's show. Today, I have my wife, Cleta Riojas, as my guest today. She is a director of Freedom Generation Higher Education. It's a type of homeschooling that takes place, and it's under the aegis of the church. And it makes it amazing because you know how the whole country's talking right now about locking locking us up again uh, and mask and all of that madness, but it won't happen here because we don't have to, we're not under the state. So praise the Lord. And Hey, I want you to stick around for the latter part of the show as today we conclude Zechariah chapter 14 from nine to 21. It's been a journey, but we've gone through the whole book. Wow. Praise the Lord. And it's an eye awakening Word from God. So without further ado, Cleta Riojas, thank you so much for being on uh, Freedom with Adam Riojas today. It's very nice to have you here. Uh, Let's get right into it. You're the director of uh, this Freedom Generation Higher Education, and you guys have been back in session for one week today. How's that been? Oh, it's been such an amazing week. So many new families and such a such a blessing to be with community. Um just hearing from the moms and the parents there, it's it's a they're just confirming just what a blessing it is to be in community. To be in community knowing that their children are safe from the indoctrination of what's going on here in America and the public schools across America and that they actually have a choice in their child's education and what their child is exposed to and, and having this opportunity to be able to have the best of the best quality curriculum out there that sets them for success. That's awesome. You know, uh, this past week, the ocean sky, Oceanside school district board members met and for I think the first time they they put curtains on the whole place. They, cameras didn't come on, <laughs> and they kept everything secretively. And they literally spanked all the the spectators that that were there to stand up for their children. Tell me the difference about going to a school, uh, you know, from first to because we we're there from first to seventh grade now, um, and from going to Freedom Generation Higher Education. Just tell me the difference and give me some uh, some highlights so that our audience can understand what this is about. Oh, okay. Well, we're truly um, classical education to the core, so it's uh, not the traditional public school. Um, a lot of what we do with um, our values and how we run everything is off of the trivium. And so we believe um, a child is, develops much, well, they are able to articulate through different stages. So, for example, in the trivium, we have the grammar stage, which is kinder through sixth grade. And so it's really building those great building blocks for, to set them up for success for higher uh, literature work. So, for example, in logic, which I wanted to actually discuss this and share with our audience. What? I'm logic. <laughs> that's our seventh and eighth graders. We just added it this year um, because each year we added one grade and it's super exciting for me. And well for us, because we have our first seventh grade student and what's exciting is that um, 
we're able to literally go into this discussion. So for example, with like our omnibus history, um, we're able to help these um, students, these seventh grade, these middle, these logic students learn how to actually start to think like a historian, start to think like a theologian. You know, one of our elders, he teaches our Christian studies. Or, that's what, yeah. wait, that's, that's yes. a whole different subject. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. You just added a, a theological yes. class. But let's, let's continue with that, uh, okay. and then we'll go to that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, um, you know, going back to for our logic students, they're really having such an opportunity to, uh, for example, we're, we're teaching them, well, introductory to logic. What does it truly mean? And, and it's interesting because one of the purposes with our logic class, for example, um, I love it how we're able to, that when we, when we bring these students to this understanding of formal logic is like the grammar of thinking, we'll say. So what it does is it undergirds all of their learning from like this point forward, you know, as they go on to the rhetoric stage, because that's when they're asked, we're we're basically asking them to think deeply and argue well in every discipline, which is very important because critical thinking moves students from the basics of like, we'll say argumentation, and it goes deeper into how to evaluate and construct uh, more complex arguments as they grow and develop into this uh, amazing student to again set them up for a success, it, but from a biblical worldview, and that's our whole focus with classical education is that we're really um, developing the whole entire uh, student. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it goes beyond uh, yes. beyond that because you're actually educating mm-hmm. these children. They're getting math or getting real history. Uh, yes, is it next year or? Uh, when they're freshmen, will they will be introduced to college courses? Mm-hmm, freshmen, we've already doing we're doing college prep courses now. Um, I'm actually working with Dr. Lisa Dunn from um, she has uh, Chula Vista Christian University. I've been in touch with other Christian universities um, because we are a home at the heart of what we do. We're a homeschooling community. As parents, we're the educators. We're, first and foremost, we have the opportunity to take our child. Um, get rid of all the junk food and go straight to the blessings in the curriculum from a biblical worldview to help mold the child and prepare them for higher education or in some in in many cases with some of our students for entrepreneurship you know what does that mean so that's going into um, economics um, teaching them uh, you know some are interested in real estate investing and so on and so we have that opportunity whereas in public schools or, or um, even charter schools for that matter, you don't really have the, the luxury, if you will, if that's the word, um, to be able to have the opportunities like that for your, your, your child. So here's a question. Um, you know, the whole country right now, there's all on social media, they're talking about masking children again and mm. and making sure they're boosted. And I mean, I, I don't get it because we already know what's happening. I mean, just uh, on the USC team alone, the basketball team, LeBron James and another basketball player have already had myocarditis where they've had Heart attacks. It's just, it's crazy Mm -hmm. the effects that is taking uh, Mm -hmm. place with our children. It's like sacrificing them to the government and they could care less about them. So say this goes down, say the uh, uh, government mandates masks and vaccines uh, for children, would they have to go through that period? Absolutely not. Because we're an educational center and the rights are with the parents, again, it goes back to we are um, a mask-free, we'll always be uh, a mask-free and vaccine-free educational center. So our whole focus is to protect the parental rights because that is the fundamental um, purpose of, of education because those children don't belong to the government. Those children do not belong to um, the state. They belong to the rightful parent. And so 
going back to what you're saying is um, because of the way this educational center is has been created from the beginning, it goes above and beyond doing everything possible to protect the parental rights. So that parent does not have to bow down to masking or vaccinating their, their children. You know, a lot of parents that I know who, you know, are either or their whole, their whole thing with even vaccines is I, I just don't want my child to get something that has not been tested all, all the way. So there's arguments on both sides, but you know, again, it's, the parents' choice. It's not, we don't step on that. We're just there to help uh, guide and support them along the way. So if a parent comes and says, you know, I, I, I don't want to get my kid vaccinated, but uh, I want him to wear a mask. Would that be okay? Of course. It's there. It's the parents. Um, we're again, we're there to support the parents. We're not there to judge or to um, we're creating an, 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 an educational environment for their student on, on how where they can thrive in a, from a Christian, from a biblical worldview in their education. Okay. Are you familiar with SB mm. 596? Yes. Which is a bill that has already passed the appropriations. Mm-hmm. And what it's going to do, it's going to stop parents mm-hmm. from being able to show up to the school boards and say anything mm-hmm. that the board members may say, oh, I felt traumatized. <laughs> um, and, and that literally would be saying, uh, reading what the Bible says, it would better to be cast into the middle of the sea with a milestone hung around your neck than to hurt one of these little children. You could literally end mm. up in jail and fined for saying something like that. You know, it's interesting when that bill has been making its way through. One of the things that I've seen, it, it, there, there's a lot of advocates out there, so to speak, but a lot of times advocates kind of sound the trumpets or, you know, for all of us, but it's one thing to be an advocate and it's one thing to take action. And a lot of t- uh, what I'm seeing is more and more parents are realizing that, okay, we can talk, talk, talk all we want, go to the school board meetings, do this. But if we don't take action and use our, uh, go beyond using our voice and p- literally put uh, action to our words, then it just falls on deaf ears. And they can, what happens in, in this particular case, um, the government and all of these lawmakers continue to pass these horrendous laws that are silencing and basically taking the rights away from the parents. And so what needs to happen is that I think, number one, the church the churches really need to educate themselves, first and foremost, the pastors and, and their elders and so on, and then take that educated um, aspect and bring it to the congregation and say, this is what's going on in the public schools, but we're here for you. We're here to stand by your side and take action and make a difference to help safeguard the future generation, which is your child, because it is community. And I think if more churches were to come on board and really see the need for what's going on in society, that um, we would see a great revival within the educational movement. Amen, amen. You know, right now there's a movement in Oceanside yes. where they think they're putting together a recall for three board members. I've heard are, about that, yes. That are just wild, and I, I it's, it's mind-boggling, yes. but people are starting now to take action. So praise God for that. Yeah, that's but, the church I've, yep. Amen. So let's go back to to uh, to this homeschooling program that mm-hmm. that uh, that you have, and it's been uh, pretty effective with a lot of the students, and it's done a great job. Yes, it because has. a lot of the children uh, by time they're in sixth grade, they're already doing. They're thriving. They're thriving. Mm-hmm. They're doing speeches. They're in front of people. Oh, definitely. Um, tell us a little bit about how that works. Mm. So one of the things that, you know, when we first started this, we, again, we sat down with a lot of many educators and looked at all the research and statistics and what is going to help, you know, a lot of us are, you know, our parents. Um, and so we're, we're looking at it from the perspective of what do we want to do to give our child the best education now, not just in college, but to set them up for, for success. And so, we realized public speaking 
and really helping them, of course, being a great writer, great reader, all of those things which lack in the public school and, and is, 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 um, we know what, uh, the reading levels uh, and the lit- I mean, it's just extremely low for public schools. And so we wanted to just really develop something where the child can. So, for example, during our chapel time, it was really so talk, precious yesterday. Talk a little bit about yes, it. Yes, it's very precious. We get the pre all the way down to our little, our, we call them little missionaries. Our little missionaries, which is like the three to four and three, three and four year olds, get behind that microphone and really just start to feel comfortable with in front of your peers, and then eventually a bigger audience. And what that does is it creates such an opportunity for them to be brave and bold, and not. Um, to, to, we want to create leaders. We do not want to create sheep or followers. And the whole focus, uh, especially me being a you know a, a mom of two two precious girls there, I want to see them to be able to understand that leading by example from a biblical worldview is going to take you far beyond anything rather than following the crowd, so to speak, you know, over the mountaintop down the hill, you know, that's not what we do. And it's just interesting going back to like the logic classes it is amazing to sit with these seventh graders and as they're coming together, um, one of the things just the other day, really quickly, I remember is we're going through some of our, our questions and sitting around and we, we, Oh, by the way, we do round table style. We're not, the students do not sit in a traditional lectoral class. We actually are very up close and intimate in our educational center. And there's a lot of great benefits to that as well. Um, anyhow, just seeing these students really start to understand that the things that are going on in our world, there's something off. And it's not by, it's putting the facts in front of them and helping them to determine, you know, here's the, here's the biblical worldview, here are the facts, here's the secular um, mindset. And then we put it in front and then we're guiding them. And then it's so, it's such a beautiful thing when it's coming from a pure uh, heart so, so, uh, from a student has who has not been defiled by the world, and they're literally able to see that and go, that doesn't make sense. For that example, we were in, talking about uh, one of the students brought up the topic of you know abortion. Like I don't, and, and, and her her quick response was, you know, I don't understand why would somebody want to hurt their baby, and so it really just and I and I allowed them to kind of you know go into that conversation and it was such a beautiful thing how they're able to see how scripture lines up with that there is life in the womb even before the ultrasound was created and before you know the media tried to tell us something different but it was such a beautiful thing to see these young minds use biblical use scripture to back up the facts to go that doesn't make sense amen it's a beautiful thing so if you just tuned in this is freedom with adam Riojas, as we have uh, a pretty, I'm going to have to admit, an awesome woman here with us today. She's the uh, uh, director of Freedom Generation Higher Education. And we're just going through some basic questions about the difference between going to this type of learning center and going to a school where you can end up um losing your kids to woke teachers and teachers that are literally, uh, you know, bisexual or, or homosexual or lesbian or whatever the cost may be. And they're pushing an agenda like that, but not at this place, not at freedom generation, higher education, uh, because it's not state funded. And so that's the difference. It's not state funded. Um, so let me ask you some more questions. You now uh, have something that I like. It's it's uh, a, a theological or theology class. How is that going and how, how are the, the children responding to that? Oh, it's wonderful. So we have our one of our elders on our church board, um, David Leva Jr., um, who is teaching this class. 
And the core purpose of the class is to help these students understand what we believe and why basically we, we believe it. So it's such, I, I sit in the class, I'm one of the, um, we'll say, teacher aides, so to speak, or tutor, tutor aides, I and should say. And that's because you have at least two um, tutors or teachers in each classroom, is that correct? Yes, well, we, they're not, they're tutors, we, we're, we're all tutors in, in, in that aspect. But because, you're tutor teachers. Yes. And so you always have two in each classroom. Correct. Okay. And so anyhow, the students in this one, they're, they're really gaining understanding of Christian theology, and they have an opportunity to dig deeper in why we believe, and they're using just great resources, the New City Catechism, um, and our elder really takes them through understanding it from a theological perspective and, and ties in church history. But I think the main thing is is what this class does is it helps to strengthen their faith and knowledge of of really why they believe what they believe. And having an elder who's very um, theologically sound um, be able to be there, he's like a walking uh, Bible encyclopedia. He has the answer to almost everything. He's amazing. And it's such a beautiful thing in these and these students, um, and this is our logic kids, we do have um, some of our grammar, higher up grammar kids able to sit in and audit the class, which we did allow that. That was a decision we made. And so they're, they're sitting there being able to kind of sit in and kind of get a, a, an eyes view of, of what this class is. So it's a beautiful thing. That, that's amazing. Um, and they're learning. And, I, you know, yes. uh, my daughter is, in, our daughter is yeah. in this class and <laughs> It's now her favorite class. Her favorite class, yes. And, and pretty much all the students in their class yes. are saying that that's their favorite their class. Their favorite class, Because yes. they're getting facts. They're not just getting these little baby stories. Or and fluff. They're yeah. Fluff. They're yeah. getting facts. <laughs> they love it. And they so absolutely love it. These And these and th- these group of logic students, they are some the, one of the brightest students I've ever met. And so it is an honor and privilege to be a part of their journey. So if somebody wants to go to Freedom Generation Higher Education, is there a website they can go look at? Mm-hmm. You can go on to atthecrossoceanside.com or freedomgeneration.edu.com. So if there's a parent listening and thinking, man, I'd like for my child to be here. I mean, we started School Summer's House. Is it still possible to come on board and, and register and come? Yes, of course. We are. We do have, um, well, I guess, an open door policy on a case by case basis. We have had families. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, start in the public school during the mass mandate and all that. And we made an. We do make exceptions because we do know there's going to be um, a mass exodus coming soon from the public school, and so we have that opportunity and space for those families. Yes. Is there a phone number they can call? 760-994-3534. One more time. 760-994-3534. So you gave them a website, you gave them a phone number. Is there an email they can email you at? Absolutely. It's cleta at freedomgenerationedu.com. One more time. Cleta at freedomgenerationedu.com. So... We have a couple of minutes, probably a little less than that. Can you give our audience a, a, a word of encouragement about their children, and especially if they're in, in, in public schools or their kids are failing now? Can you give them a word of encouragement on how they can uh, be there for their children? I think it's never too late. It's never too late to think that um, – that you miss the the boat, so to speak, on this, how parents have, many parents across the nation have done a mass exodus from the public school system. And if you are there right now and you're thinking, gosh, you know, I'm still in public school. I still have my children there. There's no way I can do it. I can't make the change. You can. And it's so easy. It's it, you. There's so much more resources and there's more educational centers than just us. So if you're like, in Riverside or, you know, Northern California, I mean, call, you can call us, contact us. We'll connect you across the U.S. There's so many more resources than 
So you're saying there's other resources that you yes. can connect them with if they're too far from ocean. Absolutely. Absolutely. We would be there to help connect them. That's our whole focus. We're ministry minded first and foremost. Cleta Riojas, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate what you're doing with the children. May God bless you and enrich your journey. And we will be right back with Zachariah chapter 14. Come back in Jesus' name. We love you. The Ocean Side Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. As we now go back into the book of Zechariah, uh, and we're going to pick it up in chapter 14, verse 9, and this will actually complete our journey that we've had going through the book of Zechariah. I personally want to thank you for all those that have been consistent in making this show one of San Diego's top shows now. And it's so good to have you back today. And we have been getting some great responses from a lot of you. You know, last week we had a an incredible uh, uh, guest. And from that, they were able to get another church that got involved in in the pro-life ministry. So thank you. You mean a lot. And here it is, Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9. And let me quickly catch you up so you understand where we're at and how we're about to close. Zechariah was a prophet, one of the prophets, and uh, literally worked to get, uh, alongside Haggai and you know, of course, we know Malachi was one of the last prophets, but they had been in captivity for 70 years, and they finally were able to get their freedom, and they were back into their land. They came back in three phases. By this point in time, about 20 years after being released, the temple is halfway built. They're losing hope. They're taking their eyes off of God. And then here comes Zechariah and encourages them. You know, one of the beautiful things about Scripture when it speaks prophetically is that it helps you and I to look forward to something. And when we can look forward to something, it revives us. It gives us life inside. I don't know if you know this, but they say that most elderly folks die when there's no more vision, when there's nothing more to look forward to. So as long as you're alive, look forward to Scripture, look forward to Jesus coming back, because he's coming back soon. And this is where we pick it up. It says this, The Lord shall be king over all the earth, in that day, there shall be one Lord and his name one. Did you just hear that? It says that God is going to be king. Jehovah is going to be king. Yahweh is going to be king. And when you look at this, you're like, I thought Jesus was going to be ruler in the end. Of course he is. But we know that the Bible is, is amazing, that it always confirms itself from verse to verse. It's amazing. You know, when we were in Zechariah chapter 12, uh, 
we saw in 1210 where it said this, and I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me. This is Jehovah saying that they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. That is the triune God. They shall look upon Jesus. They shall look upon Jehovah whom they have pierced. But when we look back in this verse, we now see that the tribulation, the great tribulation is over. Remember, it lasted seven years, the first three and a half years. It was horrific. By, by the time we get to the middle, half the population has been decimated. And, and it's amazing because at the last part, you, you it looks like and seems like, as Zechariah says, there's only going to be a third left from two-thirds of what's left from that half. And it's going to be incredible what the world is going to go through. But here we go. We're about to start the millennial period. Jesus is now king over all the earth. The Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord and his name one. This is Jehovah speaking. But we know that Jesus is going to be that king, the triune God. You know that Titus 2, 11, 14 says something pretty powerful when you read it because it, if you're familiar with Scripture and if you read it, it just continues to confirm that Jesus is going to be that king and that Jesus is God. Titus 2, 11 to 14 says this, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. 13 says this, Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? He is the great God and he's our Savior. That's amazing. Look what 14 says. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. You know what uh, John said in the in 1 John uh, 5.20, he says this, And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us understanding, that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. That is powerful. You know, in Revelation 19.11, it says this, at his second coming. And this is what this is. Jesus is setting up his second coming. It says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness does he judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it he, he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth upon the winepress of the fearness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of King and Lord of Lords. That's who is going to reign for a thousand years. That's the fulfillment that he has for Israel. You know that in Joel 3.16 it says this, Joel 3.16, The Lord shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, 
and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion. My holy mountain then shall Jerusalem be holy and there shall be no strangers pass through her anymore. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down new wine and the hills shall flow with milk. And all the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters and a fountain shall come forth of the house of the Lord and shall water, water the valley of Shittim. Egypt shall be a desolation and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness for the violence against the children of Judah because they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall dwell forever and Jerusalem from generation to generation. And I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed for the Lord dwelleth in Zion. That's exactly what Zechariah is telling them, that the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day, there shall be one Lord and his name shall be one. His name shall be one. When you have some time, go back and read First Samuel, I mean, excuse me, Isaiah 66, 15, and until that chapter closes, you will see that Jesus will reign. You will see that he will be king over all the earth, and he will be the Lord. He will be God because he is God. 10 says this, hey, but before I read 10, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas, as we are concluding our journey through the book of Zechariah. Verse 10 says this, And all the land shall be turned as a plain from Geba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem, and it shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate unto the palace of the first gate, unto the corner gate, and from the tower of Hanael unto the king's winepress. It lines up perfectly when he comes back and he and he sets foot in Jerusalem. There's going to be this earthquake and all the little mountains that surround Jerusalem and Israel are going to be leveled. It's going to be level ground. You know why? Because they'll no longer need those little mountains to protect them against invading armies. God knows what he is doing. Doing. What an amazing word that we are reading from Zechariah as he's encouraging the people. But listen, that encouragement is also for you and I, especially if you don't know the Lord right now. And you're like, well, I'm going to wait. I have a week. I, 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 maybe next year. Maybe before I, I die, I'll come. Or maybe I have to quit drinking or stop smoking or stop cheating or lying. Listen, you can't do none of that on your own. You need Jesus. See, tomorrow is not promised. The Bible is very clear. Today is the day of salvation. And if you're saved, then praise the Lord. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've asked him into your heart, then you have nothing to worry about because before the tribulation, if we're still alive because it looks like he's coming back soon, we shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And it's simply asking Jesus into your heart and saying, Father, indwell me, come into me, forgive me for my sins. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior because one day he shall be king. And, and if for some reason you decide it's not for me and you see yourself going through a horrific time where there's no more Christians because they've all been raptured, there's accidents and all kinds of fires all over the place. The aliens took them because, you know, they're prepping you for that right now. In Congress, they had these folks talking about aliens. Oh, my goodness. They've lost their rockers. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. 11 says this, And men shall dwell in it, and these shall be no more utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. And this shall be the plague, wherefore the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. 
this is pretty wild. Look at this. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. You know what's pretty ironic about that? And uh, that scientists will tell you, and we know from the atomic bombs that, that we dropped in Japan um, during World War II, that what happens is the eyes get consumed and the tongue from the, ins- from the outside inside. And it, it almost seems like there's this mass explosion. And, and, and you know what? It doesn't have to be nuclear because at the glory of God, this could happen instantly. You know, Second Peter, uh, when he wrote his letter, he had a little bit to, to say about this little incident that's going to pl- take place. In Second Peter 3.3, 3, it says this. Second Peter 3 3 says this. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, Where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. I'm sure there was mockers doing Zachariah's time because he's telling them that there's going to be a king over all of the earth and, and he shall be one Lord and his name shall be one and that Jerusalem would be the ruling nation and that they would be protected. They've been saying this for many years. You know that when Peter wrote this letter, it, it was approximately a little over 500 years since Zechariah said he's going to be king, he's going to he's coming back. Every eye shall see me. That's what God is saying. Every eye shall see me, whom they have pierced. I'm coming back. And, and then it says, "For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water." whereby the world that was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. And I'm going to skip over to skip over to verse 10. It says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, his second coming, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a great noise in the again with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat excuse me with fervent heat the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up peter just reiterates what zachariah was telling the folks at that time Verse 13 of Zechariah 14, 13 says this, And it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them, and they shall lay hold everyone on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together, gold, silver, and apparel, and great abundance. And so shall be the plague of the horse, of the mule, of the camel, of the ass, and of the beast that shall be in these tents as this plague. See, God cannot lie. And when he comes back, all those that choose to go their direction shall fill it, shall be punished, shall be done away. Their tongue shall consume and their eyes and their eye sockets with great, with a great fervent heat. But those that, that say, God, we will worship you, will have this great opportunity to repopulate the earth during those thousand years. 16 says this, And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations, all the people that are left, which came against Jerusalem, shall even go up from year to year to worship the king. They're going to go worship the king, the rest of the world during this millennia period. All those folks that are left and say, no, no, I, I don't want to perish, God, forgive me. 
They will get to repopulate the earth and they'll come and worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of the tabernacle. What is the feast of the tabernacles? Why would they be keeping a feast? Because it's a remembrance. It's something powerful. And and I want to read it so that you understand what the this feast that is still going to be kept during the millennial. It isn't going to be a sacrifice for your sins because Jesus has already paid it. It's going to be a feast of tabernacles where they remember. Leviticus 23, 33 says this, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the eleventh month shall be the feast of the tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. Seven days shall you offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you, and you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly, and you shall do no servile work therein. These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to the holy convocations to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering and a meat offering, a sacrifice, and drink, and drink offering, everything upon this day. Besides the Sabbaths of the Lord, and besides your gifts, and beside all your vows, and beside all your freewill offerings, which ye give unto the Lord, also in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And you shall take you on the first day, the boss of the goodly trees, the branches of the palm trees, and the boss of thick trees, in willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days, and you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days in that year. It shall be a statue forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it on the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths. Seven days, all that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feast of the Lord. This is a feast that's going to still be kept because they will remember where they came from. They will know that God made some promises, not only to Moses, but before to Abraham, and that he cannot lie, and that he keeps his promises. They're unconditional promises. But the Feast of the Tabernacles is going to survive. It's basically when they came out of the land, they were they lived in booths, and they're going to remember that. And it shall be that whoso will not come up of the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. So I want you to look at this picture. The tribulation happens, you know, at the midway point of the seven years, half the population is gone. Um, And that's about 4 billion people if the Lord will come back in the next year or so, because there's 8 billion people Upon planet Earth. After that, the last three and a half years when Antichrist says he's God, the fury of God, all this, the, the vials are opened up on planet Earth. And from the numbers from Zechariah, he literally says that two thirds will be gone and that only one third will survive. So we're looking at some pretty radical things that are going to happen. But our eyes should be on Jesus. Jesus right now. But if you end up going through it and you survive and you repent at the end of this thing, God will save you. You'll be part of those nations that are coming to give God reverence, to give Jesus reverence. And if the families of Egypt go not up, shall not come up, there shall be no rain. Smite the heathen that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. It's going to be mandatory. And that day there shall be 
thereupon the bells of horses, holiness unto the Lord, and the pots of the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yea, every pot in Jerusalem and in Judah shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts, and they and they that sacrifice shall come and take of them and seeth therein, and in that day there shall be no more the Canaanite, no more of the Gentiles not worshiping God. All of them are going to come up in the house of the Lord of hosts. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Uh, my dear wife, Cleta, can you close us in prayer? Absolutely. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. And we thank you, Father God, that you, Father, have never left us nor forsaken us on this journey. And Father, we thank you for being with us every step of the way. We praise you, Father, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're sick, we're praying, we're praying for healing. If you're struggling in your marriage, we're praying for reconciliation in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for taking this journey with us in the book of Zechariah. You have been amazing, and it's because of you and your prayers you're making this show a top show in San Diego. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Freedom with Adam Ross. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.